What is going on, everybody? Back for another episode of the Tussle Talk podcast. It's your boy Winsky here. Feel really bad. Did a really good preview um, of UFC 260. Thought it was really good. Um, watched the fights. Was blown away. I was super engaged, and I was just static. Um, the results. Um, Francis Ngannou, the new heavyweight champion. That's Really exciting. I mean, that's awesome, man. The guy has worked his butt off. I mean, he came from, <clears throat> excuse me, he came from absolutely nothing. To, so to see him become the heavyweight champion of the world, and feel so good for him. You know, he if anybody d- deserves it, I don't know if there's anybody that deserves it more than he does. Um, so I feel bad that I didn't really recap uh, the event. There's a lot to recap. There's a lot of people that deserve a lot of credit, that deserve a lot of praise, and uh, just got lazy and decided uh, not to. Um, but I'm here, and we're doing a little preview of uh, UFC Fight Night. Kevin Holland versus Marvin Vittori. It was originally supposed to be Darren Till versus Marvin Vittori. Till, though, with an injury, some kind of collarbone injury. I've heard that it's a broken collarbone, which uh, really an injury that you can tough out. It's rough. You know, a broken collarbone is extremely uncomfortable. A broken collarbone is like a broken rib. It's just painful just from moving around. I've had a broken rib before. I've had uh, a couple friends that have had broken collarbones, and it hurts to sleep. It can hurt to breathe. It can hurt to move your arms. It's very uncomfortable, and if it's a full-blown fracture, uh, that's an extremely painful injury and not something that you want to compete and do a cage fight with. So I hope uh, Darren Till heals up and uh, is healthy and can wait to see him back. Really sad for him because you know this was a really big opportunity. I think if uh, Darren Till had a spectacular performance, if he finished Marvin Vittori or had a very dominant decision against Vittori, could spell a title shot for him. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure this one hurts for him, but I think he'll be alright. Darren Till is a perennial star. He's a perennial contender in a couple different weight classes at least. So I think he'll manage. I think he'll have a really good high profile fight set up for him when he gets back and he's healthy, ready to fight. Um well let's just talk about the fight that actually is gonna happen. Uh, the headlining fight is Kevin Holland versus Marvin Vittori. Kevin Holland, as you may expect, stepped up and filled in for Darren Till. And, you know, not to be surprised, it's just the kind of guy Kevin Holland seems to be. Anyone, anywhere, for better or for worse, you know, sometimes uh, it may come back to bite him. But, uh, being that guy, being the guy that the UFC, being the guy that Dana White can count on, the go-to guy, I mean... There's a lot of value in that. When you take high-profile fights with really, really talented, high-level competitors on short notice, you're bound to lose some of them. That's just unavoidable because when you're fighting the best in the world, it's hard to compete. It's hard to beat those guys with a full training camp. And if you're stepping in on short notice, have even less of a advantage and actually you have no advantage um you're already coming in at a deficit because you have not been training for that specific opponent and perhaps you're not in best shape you're 
perhaps you're not in uh, fight-ready shape. So I give a lot of credit to Kevin Holland. I mean, Marvin Vittori is a tough outing any day of the week, any day of the year. If you got a full eight-week camp, taking on Marvin Vittori is tough as hell. I mean, Marvin Vittori gave Israel Adesanya the toughest challenge of, I would say, in his MMA career. I mean, he looked fantastic in that fight. It was a very competitive fight. Uh, Vittori's a stud. He's starting to get his due. He's starting to get uh, the respect he deserves, I think. Um, so, really excited to see this one. Do not see Kevin Holland as the victor in this one, but he deserves a ton of respect for stepping up. Um, stepping up on 10 days' notice to fight anybody is impressive. Fighting in the cage is extremely impressive. You know, the guy's a stud. The guy's uh, fearless. Stepping up against Marvin Vittori. That takes balls, and maybe it's a little bit more than that. Maybe he's a little bit crazy, but crazy is good. But you know what? I want to move back uh, and recap last week's fights, UFC 260. Um, what an incredible card. What an incredible story. Francis Ngannou, the new heavyweight champion. I mean, he looked fantastic. He looked very poised. He looked very patient. He looked very mature. He looks like... He's been fighting for 20 years at the highest level, even though he's been fighting for less than 10 years, probably less than seven years, actually. Um, he looked fantastic. His wrestling was phenomenal. You know, he's been working with uh, Ilir Latifi. Um, he's also living in Las Vegas, no longer in France. I think he's living in Las Vegas for at least his last one or two uh, fights, so working with Eric Nixick at Extreme Couture. That's Randy Couture's gym. And uh, his, his coach, Eric Nixick, said that wrestling and offensive and defensive wrestling has become one of his strengths. So that's a big departure uh, from you know where he has been past. Um, the patience that he had in that fight, maturity, poise that he had in the fight against Stipe Miocic was incredibly impressive. That's one of his uh, negatives. That's definitely one of the things that has been his downfall in the past, and it's been a weakness for him. He looks so poised. He looks so patient. And holy smokes, a patient, calculated, poised Francis Ngannou with improved wrestling, with improved grappling, with improved striking and experience, and he was a scary, scary, scary guy before that. Holy cow, watch out. I don't know if there's anybody in the division I can think of right now that could beat him. Coach said he has not missed a single wrestling wrestling practice since he's come over to Dream Coacher. So I am super excited for his future. And I think uh, the fact that he's been working with Kamara Usman day in and day out, this fight camp makes a huge difference as well. As Usman brings him the wisdom of being a champion, how to carry yourself, how to act, how to execute as a champion. So I think that's invaluable. Um, I, I had predicted that uh, Francis's knees and uppercuts were going to, to be a much bigger factor in this fight because I, I just figured that, you know, because Stipe's wrestling was such a big factor in the first fight, I, I figured that uh, Francis was going to be Really banking on and uh, working on his, his bumping knees and his uh, uppercuts to kind of counter the wrestling advantage that Stipe would have. But uh, Francis looked dominant. Francis looked better. 
all aspects of the game uh, over Steep Bay. So, wow, really excited. Um, I'm really excited for uh, what happens next for Steep Bay as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's next for Francis. Or, uh, John Jones doesn't seem to, to want that fight. I'm a huge John Jones fan, but uh, his antics lately have been turning me off, and I'm sure they've been turning a lot of people off. I totally understand wanting to get paid. I mean, you're considered the greatest of all time. You're still fighting. You vacated your belt at heavyweight, essentially never being beaten before. Uh, besides technicality, which was a fight that he was dominating in, and he got disqualified from, from a silly rule uh, of 12 to 6 illegal elbows. So, essentially, he's never been beaten. I got nothing but respect for John and his game. I Let me rephrase that. I have nothing but respect for John John's game. Um, he's got some character flaws, certainly, that uh, you'd hope that uh, he didn't have and he would figure out, but it is what it is. He's an incredible fighter. Greatest of all time. Not much you can do about that. You can argue any which way, but stats show John's probably the greatest of all time. John Jones turning down millions and millions of dollars because it's not enough money to fight Francis Ngannou. I don't know if this is true. I heard this. I heard that John's, John Jones was offered $10 million for the Francis Ngannou fight, and he turned it down. $10 million? I can't make any excuses for him. I cannot rationalize or justify that reasoning for not taking the fight. He wants to be paid his worth. $10 million, one fight, not you being paid your worth. It's absurd. So, anyways, maybe uh, Derek Lewis will be his next fight. I don't know. But I'm really excited for whatever comes next. I'm really curious to see what Francis's next title defense, or his first title defense would be. I'm not going to personally campaign for John Jones to get that fight, and I'm not going to campaign for the UFC to give him all the money that he wants. I mean, even in his last fight, uh, got offered a ton of money. Not not only offered, he got paid a ton of money. If I remember correctly, I think John Jones was paid $6 million, <clears throat> $6 million uh, for his fight and his win, his technical decision win over Dominic Reyes. So, making $6 million a fight... Get out there and fight. I mean, if you really care about your legacy, get out there and fight. Fight the best. Prove that you're the best. And collect your absolutely massive, absurdly huge paycheck. Because you're going to get it. Don't get greedy, no. Anyways, I digress. Getting off on a little tangent. Just wanted to touch on the, uh, the Ngano Ipe fight. I was so happy for him. Yeah, good for him. Super excited for what's next. Uh, Tyron Woodley versus Vincente Luque. Wow. Changing of the guard, that's all I'll say. Vincente Luque, a lot of us hardcore fans knew Luque was a, st a stud. Uh, wow, first choke against Tyron Woodley in the second round. Impressive. Who knows what's next for Tyron Woodley, but uh, yeah, that was very impressive. Anyways, I don't want to get too deep into uh, the recap of last week's event. The ship has kind of sailed. Um, for a couple hours from uh, next event... UFC Fight Night, Holland versus Vittori. So let's just get right into that. See, so yeah, like I said, uh, the main event is now Kevin Holland versus Marvin Vittori. Kevin Holland coming off his first loss against Brunson, which really demonstrated the fact that Kevin Holland has a lot to learn. He's a very talented fighter. He's a very, very talented striker. He's a black belt uh, in jiu-jitsu under Travis Luter. So... He's a very skilled guy, but he's young. 
oh, my age. And it just seems like he's not taking sport and his future in the sport, his career, that seriously. And I know he's taking it seriously. He's not taking it as seriously as someone as highly regarded and highly ranked and a contender, like a serious contender in this division. He's not taking it seriously as somebody in his position should because swinging for the fences, he's swinging for the fences on every shot and he's overextending himself and that gives Derek Brunson his hips, that gives him the takedown. If you really want to win, it's got to be strategic. You make the mistake once of overextending and, and swinging, and his coaches were telling him he was getting advice from his coaches, but he wasn't listening to his coaches. I mean, in between rounds, he's talking to Khabib, he's talking shit, he's talking, he's not listening. And I think that's what a serious contender needs to do. They need to listen to their coaches, and they need to listen to them and take their advice, alter what they're doing, adapt. And, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like uh, he's as serious as he needs to be. Arvin Vittori, on the other hand, is... Very, very talented. He's good everywhere. His striking is fantastic. He's got a ton of power. He's a, Tori is a true little weight. I mean, he's a big boy, um, a lot of power. He's got a cut to get down to 185. Kevin Holland is a, he's a natural 85er, and uh, he's even talked about moving down to 170. And I think that's really probably where he should be at, is 170. It's really long for the weight division. I think that's the best spot for him. So, see, you know, he, He's made, he's made a ton of money in the last year. I think he's going to continue to make a lot of money because he loves to fight. He fights a lot. Very active. Um, but who knows? If he really wants to be a champion, if he really wants to uh, be a serious contender and eventually contend for a title, got to get serious. He's got to get serious. Um, oh, super entertaining. I love the guy. Love his personality. Um, he's got some serious skill. That knockout of Jacare Souza was absolutely awesome. So, if you haven't seen that one, go check it out. It was Johnson. A lot of people see him as the gatekeeper to the middleweight division. They see him as the gatekeeper to the elite in that division. And a lot of fighters are matched up with Derek Brunson to see if they're the type of person who should be in the top seven to the top five. And if they beat him, it may just be. But if they lose... They got some work to do, or they're not really cut out for it. And Kevin Holland failed that test. But I think if he gets serious, he can break break that uh, top five. Um, anyway, this fight, he's taking on a stud, Marvin Vittori, the only guy who got close to beating Israel Adesanya. Um, I got Vittori on this one. I don't think that, well, I know that they would have never matched Vittori Holland up in a matchmaking session. The only reason that this fight got made is because until got injured and had to pull out. So they called their go-to man, the guy who will fight every weekend, just like Jemayev in uh, Kevin Holland. So uh, another thing I want to talk uh, talk about in my next podcast. I don't know if I'm going to talk about it in the recap. Do uh, these fights? But I'm definitely going to talk about it early, uh, this next week. I want to talk about the Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler title fight. I want to talk about a TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sandhagen fight. I want to talk about what could be next for Justin Gaethje. Um, I think that's a full podcast of its own. So that's what I got my eye on to talk about next, early next week. Um, 
Let's take a look at the rest of this card. I want to just start with the prelims, and then we'll work our way into the main card. So we got a few interesting ones. Um, Impa Kasaganai. That guy is an extremely impressive middleweight. Love watching that guy fight. Uh, unfortunately, he was the guy who was at the receiving end of that Joaquin Buckley spinning back kick KO, which was the knockout of the year in 2020. But the guy's a stud, super talented. It looks like he's moved down to welterweight. Am I seeing that right? Yeah. Uh, Impa Kasanganai, after his knockout to Joaquin Buckley, is moving down to welterweight to fight Sasha Palin Palatic. P Palatnikov. I apologize if I uh, butchered that. I'm not really familiar with uh, Sasha, but uh, he, Sasha is 6-2 and two, uh, and Impa Song and I, I don't know if he's had any other welterweight bouts in the UFC, but he's got an 8-1 and one record, the only loss being the one to Joaquin Buckley. Well, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, really only want to touch on fights that uh, I'm familiar with. I know that William Knight is a very talented guy, 9-1, and one, uh, taking on Jung Da-un, light heavyweight. So, excited to see uh, what uh, William Knight does tonight. Other way, we got Luis Saldana, 14-6, and six, taking on Jordan Griffin, 18-8. and eight. Not really familiar with those guys. We got a bantamweight fight after that. Hunter Azur is 9-1, taking on Jack Shore. Jack Shore is 13-0, undefeated. I think he... He's a Brit. Uh, don't quote me on that one, but I believe he is. Talented guy. Uh, very interesting prospect. Lightweight John McDassey versus Ignacio Bahamondes. McDassey is 17 and 7. Ignacio Bahamondes is 11 and 3. Uh, we got Norma Dumont, who is a very thick girl. She's Brazilian. He's 5 and 1. Hit who she fought in her last fight, but I did I did watch her last fight. Um, she's good. She's good. She's, uh, I think she's preferably. I, I think she prefers to fight at uh, featherweight. She is going to be fighting at bantamweight in this fight. She's five at one. Taking on Erin Blanchfield. So we'll see if she uh, she makes weight. I should actually know that if she made weight or not, but I don't. Forgive me. Um, lightweight Scott Holtzman versus Mateos Gamrat. Oh, Mat Mateos Gamrat. I, I remember that name. I think he may be a training partner of Amzat Shemaev. I believe he is. I th I'm pretty sure that he's um, he's like a Georgian. I don't know. I shouldn't say stuff when I don't fully know the facts, so forgive me. Uh, and then it looks like the featured prelim bout, Jim Miller versus Joe Salaki. Uh, everybody should know who Jim Miller is. The true veterans of the promotion, 30, or 32 and 15 with one no contest, taking on Joe Selecki, 10 and 2. I like Jim Miller. I really enjoy watching him fight. Very talented on the ground. Um, that should be a good one. Let's move on to the main card. We got Mike Perry. Oh, wow, I didn't even know Mike Perry was fighting. Super entertaining. I mean, Mike Perry is a natural-born entertainer. But, uh, yeah, he's he's had a tough go of it his last few fights. I believe he's actually got some coaches. I believe he's actually got some coaches because he's had a rough few last outings. So, yeah, I really like Mike Perry, but he's got to get serious. He's 14-7 and seven now, and he's <clears throat> his last two fights, his only corner is his girlfriend. And it hasn't been working out too well for him. Taking on Daniel Rodriguez, who is very talented. Um, second fight, 
the main card, Nina Ansaroff taking on Mackenzie Dern. I didn't know Mackenzie Dern had a loss. Yeah, she's 10 and 1. Obviously, an extremely talented Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. So that'll be interesting. She is a, a very hot prospect in the game. Her game has really improved in all aspects. I mean, her striking, I think her last fight, her striking had improved a lot, a lot. So really excited to see that one. Nina off is very, very talented. So very excited to see that one. I think Nina Ansarov just had a baby like six months ago. Yeah, she just had a baby. I don't know if it was six months ago, but it was very recently, probably within the last year. Uh, yeah, her and Amanda Nunes are parents now, and uh, we saw how Amanda Nunes fought as a newly minted mother. So let's see if Nina can do the same thing as the one that carried the baby. I know, so it's going to be an interesting fight to watch. I'm sure, you'll see Amanda Nunes in her corner. Uh, after that, we got middleweight fight between Sam Elvey, a long-time veteran, 33-14-1. Let's see, wow, 33-14, one draw, one no contest, taking on Julian Marquez, who is possible future boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know if Julian Marquez ever ended up getting that date with Miley Cyrus. I'd be curious to find that out. And then we got a fight between Kyle Dawkins and Aliaskab Kisnev, Kisnev, 13-0. Kisnev and Kyle Dawkins has really impressed me in his last few fights. The police officer, I guess, from Philadelphia, he's got an interesting physique. He doesn't look like he's he's too in shape, but uh, he must he must have lost a little bit of weight because he's fighting at middleweight. Is that right? I thought Kyle Dawkins was a heavyweight. I have to research that a little more. Kyle Dawkins, I remember, bought it heavyweight not too long ago. You know what? I just realized what it was. There is a connection. So Kyle Dawkins is a middleweight fighter, and he's got a brother, Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins is the police officer who I've been really impressed with lately. Haven't really watched any of Kyle Dawkins' fights, but uh, yeah, he's 10-1. and one. I have heard good things about him, um, but I have seen, I think, the last two of his brother, Chris Dawkins' fights. Um, let's see. Uh, really looking forward to that one. We got the co-main Arnold Allen, sixteen and one, fighting Sadiq Youssef, eleven and one. That's gonna be a good fight because I know Arnold Allen is very technical, very uh, he's a good fighter. Sadiq Youssef is one hundred and forty-five pound bundle of muscle, super powerful. Oh, that's gonna be a great fight. Hey guys, I'm gonna cut this one short. I think I took a little too long, anyways, because I want to watch the fights and I want to get back and uh, talk about them. So. You guys all enjoy the fights. Be safe out there. Talk to you either tonight or in the morning.